What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Rossler and Derek Ambrosen from the Dynasty Builders Podcast, part of the DLF family of podcasts. Each week, we use film analysis, rookie breakdowns, ADP, analytic tools, and a dose of humor to ensure that you get actionable and practical advice from each and every episode to help you build a dynasty. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF Family of Podcast. It's me, it's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is the Superflex Super Show. We are live on the DLF YouTube channel, so come hang out. Uh, share me your, share some thoughts with me because I've got ADP for you. Here's the thing, like all along, it was just kind of. I, I'm I'm doing this solo episode. I know I'm doing a solo episode. I've got awesome guests coming up next week, but for now, it's just me. It's just me. It's just the old SFD. And uh, I I had this ADP that I need to go over with you, uh, formulated from a couple mock drafts that includes Superflex startup mock drafts that include 2022 rookie picks. I want to dissect that with you guys, and you know, so I was gonna record this thing tonight by myself and i was just like you know what this seems like the perfect time to bring back super flex super friday so here we are back here with all my super friends uh to talk super flex so we're, we're gonna talk adp definitely have that i've got some other things that we could t- uh, touch on a little bit too um because the last time i did this i did a solo episode uh, breaking down this ADP, I got a ton of responses on Twitter. I got a ton of of people sharing thoughts, uh, some questions <laughs> more uh, uh, more than anything. Though it ended up being uh, a lot of man, I disagree with this. Here's here's how I you know here's how I break it down. Here's how I view it, um, which is all great. I mean, I even had my good friend Nathaniel Broughton. Uh, DM me and say, you know, I've got so many things, so many thoughts on this, so so much that I want to talk about with you. I was like, yeah, so come on the super show, and uh, and he did, and you know, ask me some of the uh, some of the questions, and we addressed some concerns uh, with the last ADP, and uh, I was just like, man, let's let's just do this live. We'll do it live. <laughs> I haven't used that GIF on on uh, on Twitter, by the way, but. You know, I was like, let's just give everybody the opportunity right up front to, to, you know, give me your thoughts on this ADP because here's the thing: like this, this, I, I still believe, I will always believe that DynastyLeagueFootball.com has the best ADP, the best startup ADP in the entire industry, and it's because we've got. We, we, you know, we, we base it off of a small number of mock drafts. People don't always like that. People don't always agree with me that that's the right way to get good, solid ADP. But I mean, we're kind of filtering out all the people who have never played Superflex before and who are still taking, you're going to take Christian McCaffrey first overall in the startup. We don't have that. We don't have that live, those live draft results that just taint the ADP. 
we've got good you know seasoned veterans joining us in these mock drafts and it creates to me very strong very useful adp uh, but I, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be you know just absolutely correct i think that it, it it's going to be a lot stronger than you know if you were to just take the last 100 superflex startups or all the superflex startups from you know the month of january whatever it is you know if you were to take that data you're you're not going to get as strong of adp as what i think we have but there's still flaws i there's some stuff here that i don't agree with so you know we we'll, we'll definitely get into that uh talk a little we can talk a little bit about um you know in the last episode i had my man addison mayonnaise hayes on the super show with me and uh you know we we talked about quarterback scoring um you know how how quarterbacks end up being overvalued in superflex and you know kind of some thoughts on how to potentially fix that uh or you know it, at least just kind of deflate it a little bit we talked a little bit about that and i know that some people had some thoughts there so you know there was there's kind of been a lot coming up lately uh we're going to we're going to Next week is going to be an awesome week. I'm really looking forward to it. I've got two Super Show episodes coming up next week, both with great guests. I've got uh, I've got Jesse Reeves making his long-awaited return to the fantasy football space. I'm going to get to talk with him, and then uh, and then Matt Hicks, the FF educator, uh, to talk with me about rookies. So you know we're going to get some really good insight on this incoming rookie class uh, coming up later this week, uh, later late next week. And so, you know, it felt like a good time to start kind of laying the groundwork a little bit, a little bit, kind of put this into context. What does it look like? And so here's the thing, like, you know, uh, the, the mock drafts that I typically run for dynastyleaguefootball.com, it, uh, in, you know, it starts with, all through the season, it's just the players. You know, it doesn't include the picks. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a coding thing. I, I don't even understand it, but you know, it, it like I think it's still helpful. I think it's still a good guide. And I mean, let's preface this by saying, you know, something that I that I mention fairly frequently, uh, both here on the live show and on the Superflex Super Show, which is that ADP and value are two very different things. You know, so like we we need we do need to take it with a grain of salt. We need to apply it properly. But ADP can be a very useful guide for startup drafts. And it can kind of help you with value. But I mean, partly in that it, it, it's flawed. It's a very flawed way to to approach it. But people I mean, the reality is people use ADP as a little bit of a gauge for for value, you know, beyond the startup. A lot of the trade calculators you use, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the value is going to be based on ADP, whether it's, you know, gathered in mock drafts the way we do it, or if it's taking those live drafts, however, however they do it, it they're going to base it off of ADP and they're going to base it off of uh, rankings that are based off of ADP. So ADP kind of really sneaks in way more than it should, but that's just kind of 
that's that's kind of the reality that we live in. Someday we'll be able to fix this. Someday we'll find a better system for determining value outside of the startup draft. But for the moment, ADP really kind of ends up being a little bit of a measuring stick. So, you know, I think it's 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 very useful. It's very important. But, you know, the problem is in season and, you know, all through the season um, and then, you know, early on in the off season, these startup mock drafts, it's just players. It's just veterans, you know, and then here starting in, you know, late February and then throughout the rest of the off season, it's going to be, it's still just going to be players. It's going to be like, we're going to, we're going to have these mock drafts, these super flex startup mock drafts that include rookie players. So you're going to be able to draft Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Matt Corral, Malik Willis. You know, those guys are going to be in, in the in the player pool that you can draft here in February before before the combine, <laughs> certainly before the NFL draft and well before your rookie drafts. You know, so and and the problem with that, it you know, there's there's a very obvious flaw there, right? Which is if you do a startup here in February, that's not how it's going to look. You're not going to be drafting rookie players like it, you're either going to be drafting veteran players only and you start off with just your own rookie picks or you're going to be drafting players and rookie picks so i make sure throughout the offseason up until we get to uh, the nfl draft and then kind of you know dynasty rookie draft territory uh, uh, right up until that point, I'm running mock drafts that include rookie picks because that's what a startup actually looks like this time of year. It's going to include those rookie picks. And, the, and it's a very important distinction, of course, because we know those rookie picks are worth more than, you know, than the actual player that, that ends up being taken with that pick. You know, rookie pick 101 is worth more than, and let's just say hypothetically that, you know, Matt Corral still ends up being the first overall pick uh, in in most rookie drafts. You know, so it's still, that pick is still worth more than Matt Corral, right? Just because, I mean, there's there's just so many different ways that Matt Corral doesn't end up being 1.01. You know, like beyond his own, his own performance, beyond his own draft capital, uh, his own, you know, his landing spot, beyond all that, there's still just the fact that your own league is going to have kind of its own economy, its own player values, its own player needs. Somebody's going to end up at 1.01, but they went quarterback extreme and now they've got all the quarterbacks they need. And uh, and they don't need Matt Corral. They're not going to take Matt Corral. What actually fixes a need for them is, you know, whoever it ends up being between Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller at running back. You know, so it, it, it's the fact that it represents that range just makes that pick worth significantly more. And that's and it's 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 very important to to kind of keep that in mind. Uh, by the way, Traylon Burks is not going to be in consideration for <laughs> rookie pick 1.01. I know that we're there right now. I, the, the reality is, I mean, NFL teams aren't even considering him the top wide receiver in that class. Generally speaking, you know, he's, 
we might have to get into that a little bit later. (laughs) We've got too much to cover, but I I, I just have a little bit of an ax to grind with the idea that a wide receiver is going to go first overall in a super flex rookie draft. It's just, it's not going to happen. And there's some very obvious reasons for it. And by the time we get there, especially trying to figure out which wide receiver that's going to be right now is not going to, that's, that's not going to happen. You know, we're, we're not going to get that right, right now. And, you know, Traylon Burke specifically just does not fit the profile for rookie pick 101 in a super flex rookie draft, possibly in one quarterback. I still wouldn't do it. I don't think, I mean, it would have to, it would take a pretty, a very precipitous fall for both Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall for me to consider a wide receiver. And even then I'm trading out. I'm just, I'm not making that pick personally. So, but we can get into that later if we need to. Uh, That's just kind of some initial thoughts. Uh, This is something I started last week on the Superflex Super Show. Um, Just want to throw this out real quick before we really kind of dive in. Uh, To me, by Zach Wilson, it really kind of by that entire New York Jets offense, a young offense. I mean, we just saw the potential of of Zach Wilson late in the season, getting it done with his arm, getting it done with his legs, and and you know just kind of by extension. If this ends up being a competent offense, much less an explosive offense, and Zach Wilson takes that next step, has that breakout type season, like just just kind of intuitively you know, that breakout is going to positively affect Elijah Moore. It's going to affect Michael Carter. You know, all that entire offense could be could be very sneaky good uh, in 2022. So, you know, just just kind of a quick nugget there for you. And and my my logic behind it on the Super Show, and I'm going to end up doing this every single week, is to just give you that one action item right up front so that you can listen to the rest of the episode. And if you get nothing out of this episode the rest of the way, you still feel like it was in a solid investment in time because you got that one, <laughs> that one actionable, you know, little, little nugget kind of early on in the show. And, uh, you know, so you got something out of it. You got something out of this episode, uh, even if you don't like the content the rest of the way, which I think you will. I sure hope you will. I, I'm going to have fun. Uh, so, um, I, uh, I definitely hope that you do as well, but again, if you don't just go by Zach Wilson and, you know, it was still worth your time to listen to Superflex super Friday and a Superflex super show. My guy Zane is here. Great to have you back on the airwaves. Thanks my brother. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's been a long time since I've done one of these live ones. Uh, they're always a little intimidating right up until you hit record and then you're just like, oh, this is this is easy enough. This is this is nothing different from what I'm typically doing. So it, these are always fun. And, and like I said, I mean, I get to get you guys' thoughts in real time. And that's that's the big reason for me to do it. I could have just recorded this, you know, without going live. I could have just done my typical all audio recording of the super show, go down the this ADP and talk about it and then, you know, uh, release the episode and then hear from everybody just kind of individually in DMS. And I was just like, man, let's just, let's get everybody's thoughts in here all at once. I think that's going to be a lot more productive for us as well. 
Uh, Zane also says, do you think that rookie fever will push up rookie ADP going forward? If so, who do you see as some veteran player values to take advantage of rookie fever? Yeah, I, I mean, that happens every single season. I don't think it's going to be quite as pronounced this season, but I, it's still going to happen. It's it's already kind of happening. People are, like I said, Traylon Burks is not going to be a consideration for rookie pick 1.01 in a super flex league. It's just not going to happen. You know, there's there's just there's really no reason to. Uh, but you know, beyond that, it, his his profile just doesn't really fit. Like we're kind of trying to chase pun kind of Jamar Chase. You know, that's what that's what we're trying to find. And Traylon Burks is not Jamar Chase. I mean, none of these guys are Jamar Chase, but Traylon Burks is particularly not Jamar Chase. He's especially not Jamar Chase. He's he's a little bit more of a gimmicky type of guy. One of those guys that you kind of manufacture touches for, you know, it, which which is still valuable. You know, Debo Samuel, I'm like, I'm going to say this publicly uh, on the record right here, right now. One of my favorite football players on earth is Debo Samuel. Like he's definitely my favorite wide receiver. And it's like, it's him and Aaron Rodgers. and Aaron Rodgers is turning out to be kind of a weirdo. So he's, he's, he's kind of taking a step back in, uh, in, in my mind's eye a little bit. And Debo Samuel just kind of shot to the top. And all of a sudden like Debo Samuel is like neck and neck with Aaron Rodgers for, my favorite football players, which makes them among my favorite people <laughs> on earth. So uh, it, Traylon Burks is kind of that type. He's, he doesn't have Debo Samuel's build, but uh, he's that type of player. You know, he, Jamar Chase goes and wins you. He, he can win for you in a variety of ways. He can win contested catches. He can beat press coverage off the line. He can he, he creates his own separation. You know, all of that stuff. He he does the things that the, that an alpha X type wide receiver does. And Traylon Burke is not is not really that. And and above all else, I you know, you it, like don't take my word for it. Like this is what NFL scouts are saying as they're valuing other wide receivers ahead of Traylon Burks, you know, as they prepare for the NFL draft. So, you know, don't shoot the messenger here. I'm just telling you, this is how NFL, you know, NFL front offices view this. So, you know, the people, people kind of overselling Traylon Burks right now are like, that's, that's rookie fever. And it's only going to get worse. You know, as we see more of these guys, Malik Willis just got a huge bump from a very impressive senior bowl week and, and very impressive performance in the senior bowl, you know, so it's, it, it, that's just one of many, many examples. Like th that's going to keep happening, right? We're going to get the combine. They're all going to be wearing their tights and somebody's just going to absolutely smoke the 40 and, and then their stock is going to shoot up and everybody's going to peg them for rookie pick one oh one. Like now we're kind of we are kind of talking about Malik Willis there, you know, and and the problem is it really is going to come down to the NFL draft. It comes down to draft capital. It comes down to landing spot. Those two things are just way too important for us to really wait anything else. The combine, 
you know, that, that helps from an athletic profile standpoint, but that, does that tell us anything about their opportunity? No, it tells us about their talent, but the talent isn't, that's, that's not nearly as important as the actual opportunity. You know, give me the quarterback who lands in Pittsburgh. Give me the, the running back who lands in, oh, you know, Atlanta, Miami, you know, places like that. There's, there's some opportunity, you know, possibly Arizona that like those, that's what we're kind of looking for. We want to look for the guys who end up in the, in the opportunities where, you know, they're going to be in the best opportunity to succeed and they're going to get the greatest amount of, uh, uh, of opportunity. You know, they're going to get the longest leash and it really kind of starts with how early are you drafted? You know, are you taken in the first round? They're going to give you all the opportunity in the world. You know, a, a, a quarterback taken in the first round is likely to get two or three seasons, you know, to prove that they can be that guy. Whereas if they're taken on day two or later, on average, NFL teams give them about nine games. You know, so, so that that just tells you how important the opportunity is. And so, you know, before the NFL draft, there's really kind of there just isn't enough information for us to kind of grab onto. And yet it's still going to happen. It's already happening. So, yeah, rookie fever is in, in, you know, Zane makes a great point here, which is that rookie fever is something above all else. It's a very powerful force. It's something for us to exploit. It gives us an opportunity to jump on some some veteran players who, you know, who who they're not in the spotlight right now. They're not getting the type of hype that these guys are getting, but they're actually going to be more effective, you know. And and back to Zach Wilson. Like this is a great example of this. The fact that we're already Looking at Malik Willis, he doesn't have a team yet. <laughs> He's the, you know, he had an impressive week at the senior bowl. Now we're already saying, oh, I'd rather have Malik Willis than Zach Wilson. I, I mean, how, how do you know that? <laughs> like, do we really, we don't even know where Malik Willis is going to end up. We don't know when he's going to be drafted. We don't know what the opportunity is going to be, you know? So if you've got one one and the the thing is, you don't have to you don't have to trade away one point on one to get Zach Wilson. You can get Zach Wilson much cheaper than that. But you know the the idea that Matt Corral, Malik Willis, any of those guys are going to end up being you know better players in a better situation than Zach Wilson. It's like it it's possible. Let's play the probabilities here, though. The most likely scenario is the guy drafted second overall in 2021 and now has a full season in the system with Elijah Moore, with Corey Davis coming back, with a good run game, and now with the opportunity for them to build up that offensive line and give him even more protection, that guy's a lot more likely to be more productive for you for fantasy purposes right now. So, you know, to me... Zach Wilson should be worth more than the 1.01. He's not, but he, he should be, you know? So, uh, that's, that's kind of one of many examples and, and uh, you know what, we'll get into even more of those. Like once we break out this ADP, you're going to see a lot of names 
where you're just like, man, is that guy really like it, it? Would I really rather take a risk of making a draft pick than just have this guy on my roster, put this guy in my lineup and just, you know, just take advantage of what I know is already there. And, and you know, I think that to me, that's where ADP ends up being so vitally important. So we'll get to that. We'll put some actual names to that because I think that that's, not only is that a very important point, Zane, I think that that is the crux of this episode is the fact that, you know, rookie fever is here and uh, mask up. <laughs> let's exploit this. Let's let's, you know, let's find ways to use that to our advantage. Uh, at the dynasty, my man, haven't heard from you in a while. Probably my fault, though, since I've been focused on fantasy basketball lately. Missed you, my man. Yeah, missed you guys, too. It's it, it's not your fault. I haven't been on since, oh, man, like October, maybe even September. Um, I just kind of stepped away from this. It was, it was, it, it's, it's a lot harder in season, you know, to keep talking strategy when it's really just like, all right, just tell me who to start. And I'm not that guy, you know. I, I've got my opinions. I've got my my process on setting starting lineups. First of all, I didn't do very well at it this season. But second of all, you already have people who you know who you kind of go to for that type of stuff, um, who you're way more likely to listen to. You know, <laughs> I listen to JJ Zacharyson when it comes to setting lineups. Don't talk. Uh, don't listen to Superflex, dude. Um, it, you know, listen to Matthew Barry, listen to the footballers. Uh, but yeah, su super flex dude is, is a lot more useful to you. Uh, you know, once it's time to start, uh, you're capitalizing on value, building rosters, managing rosters, stuff like that. I'm, I'm always happy to happy to help set lineups. It's just, I just know that it's not, it's, that's not my lane, you know? So, so yeah, this, uh, this kind of went away. Um, I'm hopefully, um, hopeful that we can, uh, do it a little bit more frequently throughout the off season though. Um, but yeah, fantasy basketball, huh? I, I, I played that once, uh, and just absolutely dominated with Kobe and Yao. But, uh, I still like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in getting into it at some point again. Like I'd like to try other fantasy sports and just see if I can kind of create the same type of hacks, same type of processes uh, as I can with fantasy football. But man, like I just know how long it took me to even get to this point with fantasy football to a point where I've got 32 people right now listening to me talk. Uh, like that's that's kind of mind blowing to me. You know, so the like the, the and it and it took me this long to get to a point where I can speak intelligently on fantasy football. So, uh, yeah, fantasy basketball would be a totally different monster. All right, Dylan, welcome back, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'd love to get your early thoughts on the incoming rookie quarterback class and where you might be looking to take them in Superflex rookie drafts. Yeah, this this is also to me this is like this is kind of, you know, just the crux. This is the entire point of why we're here is to talk about stuff like this and to be able to get your thoughts, get your immediate reactions. I mean, maybe you think I'm full of it and you know, you've 
you you want to say that out loud, I'll I'll gladly take it. Um, this has been kind of a tentpole strategy of mine. You know, let's start with that part. Let's start with kind of agnostic of the draft class. Let's just talk about just strategy when it comes to quarterbacks in Superflex. Um, and, and a lot of you already know, you know, my my strategy of choice in a Superflex Dynasty League is quarterback extreme. You know, start with quarterbacks early so that you can get quarterbacks often end up with roughly five of them on your roster. And then, so you're streaming them, you know, every single week you're, you're looking at who's got the best matchup, who's got the best opportunity to score the most amount of points that I can then distribute kind of throughout my lineup and, and cover blemishes at, at the other positions essentially, you know, and, and I think that if you do that, you know, even when the value ends up being on, a quarterback in a rookie draft, you know, you, you still use the rookie draft to fill needs. My thing is I really want to be able to use rookie picks on running backs. And that's a big part of why I draft quarterbacks in a startup so that I can spend all my rookie picks on running backs because where quarterbacks are the cheapest in a startup draft, running backs are the cheapest they'll ever be in your rookie draft. And it's really just kind of across the board. Like, you know, uh, we'll have to check the ADP in a second, but I think you would have got it right if you had taken Najee Harris first overall in 2021 rather than Trevor Lawrence. You know, the problem is if you didn't have enough quarterbacks, that's where you had to do it. You had to do it in a rookie draft. You had to kind of reload. You had to build that depth up. And so, you know, that to me, that's kind of the reason to do it in a startup, get it out of the way. So you can take advantage of the fact that those rookie running backs are the most accessible as, you know, in a rookie draft. You would have got, you know, you would have got Jonathan Taylor significantly cheaper. I mean, he wasn't even going one, 101 in his rookie, uh, rookie class. So, you know, you would have got him significantly cheaper. Uh, as a rookie in a rookie draft, um, then I mean you ever will again, essentially. So that's that's really what I would like to be able to do. Just kind of in a vacuum, I would prefer uh, to not take quarterbacks. But if you don't have enough quarterbacks on roster, this is really kind of the the way to do it. The the way to to you know to fix that to rectify that situation build that depth back up and reload it. Um, because if you try and do it on the trade market, you're going to end up overpaying for most quarterbacks. So um, that's kind of the overarching strategy. That's kind of the, the overarching answer. Uh, but as far as this class specifically, uh, to me, it like Matt Corral and Malik Willis really do kind of look like the guys that you want. I think that Kenny Pickett has a chance to end up in a very good situation. I just don't know how, how good you're necessarily going to feel about his, his upside. You know, I think that he's going to end up in a good enough situation. That he's got a, a, a good floor. You know, th that's the thing. There's, there's some really good, uh, starting quarterback jobs available this offseason. 
And I think that that is going to kind of inflate these guys. Like I said, it's, it's less about talent. It's more about opportunity. Last year, there weren't great starting quarterback, you know, jobs available. This year, there are. This year, there are going to be some very good ones. Um, we already have Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay are available. Those two teams probably need starting quarterbacks. Maybe they address it in free agency, but as of now, you know, it, it, the the most likely scenario is they end up with somebody out of this this rookie class. Uh, there's, you know, Atlanta could be looking for one, and then you get into the teams that, you know, they're where their quarterback is trying to get out. You know, in Green Bay, or would they really? If you know you've got, if you lose Aaron Rodgers, are you really just going to turn over, turn it over to Jordan Love? I like, I'm not convinced of that. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if they were to go after somebody. If you, especially if you end up with some extra rookie picks um, in a trade for Aaron Rodgers, you know, the most likely scenario is they try and add one in the draft. Uh, Seattle, if they've lost Russell Wilson, I you know, there's a good chance that they're drafting somebody. And then you've got somebody throwing to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Gerald Everett, you know, so there's some, some, and then, I mean, what's this thing with Kyler Murray, but what's going on there? Uh, I don't like to read into the social media stuff, but every now and then uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. So, you know, you could have a very good receiving core needing a new quarterback in Arizona as well. So, you know, there's some much better jobs available. And to me, that that tells me a lot more than the talent of the quarterbacks. But I do think that Matt Corral, uh, you know, he's got kind of that gunslinger mentality. He's got the big arm, um, some mobility, enough mobility. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I, I think that he would be the type of guy who, you know, walks into a starting job in year one. Uh, I think Malik Willis would as well, uh, you know, certainly has that rushing upside, which we love for fantasy purposes. And then, I mean, showed a, a very live arm with significant accuracy. So he's going to be a pretty interesting one as well. Um, I Carson Strong is still a, a, a dark horse for me. I don't think that NFL teams are necessarily going to be willing to invest a first round pick into Carson strong. Uh, but I think that whoever does take Carson strong is going to get a, a guy who like the, the two big issues with Carson strong. Number one is mobility. I don't care about that. I love getting fantasy points from, from quarterbacks who run, but to me, you know, standing in the pocket, reading the defense, throwing, you know, on time and on target. Those are things that are much more sustainable once you get to the NFL. You know, so I that part, that's kind of a non-issue to me personally uh, for Carson Strong. The other thing is that degenerative knee issue or, you know, leg issue, uh, whatever it is. And, and, you know, it probably means a shorter shelf life for Carson Strong. But... You know, in the time that you do get him, this, I mean, to me, you just kind of shift your mindset from what we typically look for from a quarterback, which is, you know, 10, 15 years of, of, uh, you know, of, of consistent 
uh, like a, a serviceable quarterback. I'm trying, <laughs> I was trying to dance around that, but that's kind of what we're looking for. We want 10 years of uh, 10 to 15 years of being a solid NFL starter. That's what NFL teams are looking for, you know, but they don't, they, they're not looking for that when they draft a running back, for instance, you take a running back, you know, that it's probably a four or five year proposition. Just view Carson Strong the same way. He might not be a 10-year guy for you, but he's going to be, you know, he's going to be solid for four or five years, and then you readdress the situation. You readdress the position then. So, you know, I I, I think that a couple of those things with Carson Strong get overblown, and I think that uh, from an arm talent perspective, I think that he uh, is is really kind of flying under the radar right now. I think that he's a lot more... Uh, 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 he's 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 going to be a lot better prospect than uh, than people think. Uh, Scott McCoy, I have one one point oh three pick. I need a running back and a wide receiver. I don't know what to do. I have four twenty twenty three firsts. Wow, nice. Um, so to me, twenty twenty three is going to be the year to get running backs. Uh, but you know, if, if you're, if you're set at wide receiver, which it doesn't sound like you are, (laughs) I, so I, here's the thing. I think that you can get in trade a better wide receiver with pick 1.03, uh, than you can in a draft. And so I think that that's probably what I would look to do, to be honest with you. The other thing that you could consider doing is finding a trade, you know, a player for player trade to fix your wide receivers. Basically what I'm telling you is I I would not try to fix wide receiver through the rookie draft. Uh, I would much rather, because you're going to find some guys who are going to be, you know, who are going to be discounted that you can get right now, veteran players who you can get right now at a discount. So I would try and fix wide receiver uh, if you can and use 1.03 on running back. And if it means that you have to give up 1.03 to get a, you know, to get a young wide receiver to fix that position, you know, go ahead and do that. And then get ready in 2023 to load up on some running backs who are just going to completely fix that position for you. That's my feeling on it, uh, at least as of now. And uh, open 24 hours is back. Hey, now, how many leagues do you play in? Uh, do you take a different approach to strategy players across leagues? Uh, I've got, I got it down to about 15 leagues this year somehow. Um, and I think that doesn't count uh, eliminators or best ball leagues where there's no roster management. Um, I don't count those. I mean, it's just draft only. And then it's just kind of, and then you're done with it. But um, I think I had uh, four redraft leagues and the other, uh, the other 11 were all dynasty leagues. And uh, all of the dynasty leagues at this point are super flex. I don't do any one quarterback dynasty leagues. Uh, I have two redraft leagues that are still one quarterback and those are, those just go back forever, um, you know, with college friends and stuff. So 
Um, but uh, man, I'd still like to turn those into super flex. I just, I, I, I don't, one quarterback doesn't interest me anymore. Um, but as far as my approach and as far as my strategy, and even when it comes to the players, you know, they always say, be water, you know, take it, take, take what it gives you, you know, be flexible in the draft, stuff like that. And I just, I, I, I just disagree. <laughs> I just disagree. I've been playing this long enough to know. And, and here's where this came from is back to those one quarterback leagues where, you know, JJ Zacharyson's late, late round quarterback strategy kind of came out at one point. People started taking quarterbacks later and later. And I bought in, you know, I tried that. And what I noticed is even in one quarterback leagues, the I was not competitive if I didn't have a quarterback that I felt good about. If I didn't have an elite quarterback, you know, chasing those later round guys, just it just never worked for me. And it made the rest of my uh, my lineup su- suffer, even in one quarterback leagues. Like that's that's how immersed I am into this this quarterback extreme thing is I even do it in one quarterback leagues at this point. And, and I'm, I, I'm not a proponent of that. I'm not saying that that's what everyone should do. I'm just saying that the only times that I'm successful in those one quarterback leagues is when I have an elite quarterback. As crazy as that is, it, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. There's no analytic you know, reasoning for it. That's just what works for me. And it's the same thing in super flex leagues. I'm, I, I don't manage my team nearly as well if I don't have the quarterback position set and shored up. You know, if I don't have the depth that I want, if I don't have the production uh, that I need from the quarterbacks, the rest of my lineup ends up sucking and I just mismanage that roster from, from then on. You know, I, uh, in, in, uh, uh, Russ Fisher dynasty outhouse. He has, uh, uh, the trade addicts leagues. Of course I I'm in trade addict six, which we did the startup a couple years ago, right after Saquon Barkley's, uh, running back one overall season. And so people were just falling all over themselves for Saquon Barkley, right? They, it was just, he's, he's, you know, the, he, he was just the, the biggest name in all of fantasy football, um, even in super flex leagues, pay, people were taking him one-on-one in the entire off season. I was saying, no, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't invest in a running back that early. Like you're not going to, and sure enough, I mean, it's, it was, it's, it, it was way too premature that people jumped off of that bandwagon, but here we are like to a point where now I'm saying Saquon Barkley is a big time buy for me. Uh, I think he's, his bounce back is coming. Um, but at the time it was just, it took everything that you've got to move up to 1.01 to get Saquon Barkley, even though it was a wrong move. I did it in trade addict six. I traded my entire draft, my entire draft position, plus my, you know, 2020 picks or whatever it was, uh, my rookie picks. Like I just kind of traded everything for the the 1.01 draft slot and they had already drafted Saquon Barkley I was just like all right let me see what the hype is here let let me see what this is all about let me see if this is just like you know decades long like long lasting Cialis or something 
And so I did it. I traded for Saquon Barkley and then the rest of the 1.01 draft position. I didn't get the quarterback depth that I need. And I, it's just been a struggle for me to compete in that league ever since. I just cannot write the ship. I'm getting close. Debo Samuel helps because <laughs> he's the man. Um, Aaron Rodgers and now Zach Wilson in that league. But I still just, I don't have the quarterback depth that I need to compete. And I just, I think I'm just going to kind of be stuck in the middle of that league for a long time. So, you know, I, I experimented with something and, and it bit me when I knew what actually works for me. And what, what actually works for me is this strategy, this quarterback extreme strategy. Those are my teams that do the best, is the teams that have that quarterback depth and have that quarterback scoring. So I'm, I'm rigid about it. I don't back off of it. I take the same approach to every single startup. And, you know, when I, when I feel good about a player, I will, you know, I'll reach for him if I have to. I end up with Aaron Rodgers on a lot of my rosters. I'm going to end up with Debo Samuel on a lot of rosters. I've I've got Joe Mixon on a lot of rosters. Uh, and and this going into 2022, I think I'm going to have a lot of Saquon Barkley. I think I'm going to have a lot of Zach Wilson and Michael Carter and Elijah Moore. Uh, there, you know, Jameis Winston's going to end up on a lot of rosters. I think he's kind of being slept on. And you know, I'm not worried about diversifying throughout all my leagues i'm just i'm just doing what what i know works you know and if you find that thing that works for you if you find that thing that that common denominator between all of your leagues that kind of equals success to me you just hammer it you just stick with it you know there's kind of no reason to back off of it so i appreciate you guys' questions uh if you have more of them Definitely, I'm you know I'm here for a little while, and uh, um, you know always happy to uh, to discuss this stuff with you. In the meantime, though, let's talk ADP, Superflex startup ADP, and uh, we only ended up with two mock drafts here. Um, but yeah, included rookie picks. Let me make sure you guys can see this. Boom. It's still going to be hard to read. But uh, so pink is quarterbacks. Blue is wide receivers. Green is running backs. Uh, gray is tight ends, which, by the way, we have a tight end premium in this format as well. Most of my Superflex mock drafts don't have a tight end premium. We just go straightforward as possible. Um, so th with this one, I included a tight end premium and then these bright yellow ones, those are rookie picks. So we don't get to rookie picks until round five. Uh, we can look at, at those first four rounds a little bit. I did think it's interesting right now. We only have seven quarterbacks in the first round. Um, but the first five picks are quarterbacks, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. Uh, and then you get Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I think they're going to probably be close to that conversation throughout this, this off season. And you can't really have one without the other. You know, I think that's kind of what people are, are running into right now is if, you know, Jamar Chase goes ahead of you, well, you better take Justin Jefferson and vice versa. Uh, because it feels like it, it feels like a bigger drop off at wide receiver than it, than what it really is. Um, but you know, if it, it feels like those are the two 
true difference makers. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't agree with it, but that's just kind of the psychology right at the moment. Uh, you have to have one of those two guys. Uh, and then it goes Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson. We get a couple running backs, Jonathan Taylor. And then DeAndre Swift, interestingly enough, is running back two uh, in startups right now. And then Kyle Pitts makes it into the first round with that tight end premium. It's, it's only one and a half points for tight end premium. Uh, but what we see generally is these tight ends all take kind of the same jump uh, from when you go from standard scoring to tight end premium. They all make kind of the same jump. It's usually about a, almost a full round jump. And, you know, Kyle Pitts just kind of did the same thing. So it's really just the entire position shifting, which pushes Kyle Pitts from, you know, early third round into the very end of the first round. Um, and then it slows down a little bit at quarterback. Russell Wilson right here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, Trey Lance, all in the second round. Um, and then round three, we've got Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts. Uh, there's Cooper Cup, by the way. Round three, pick six, uh, ahead of Mark Andrews, ahead of Jalen Waddle. I'm I'm kind of curious how people feel about that one. Uh, that's uh, that's an interesting pick to me. He is going after DK Metcalf. He's going after A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. I think that's all probably fine. I'm kind of curious if if people are really willing to take Cooper Cup ahead of Jalen Waddle. Um, that's an interesting one. Javante Williams uh, going ahead of Cam Akers, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley. There's, there's Saquon down there at pick 4.04 after J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> after Cam Akers, after Javante Williams. I don't know. I don't know about that, man. Uh, that's that's where I keep saying Saquon to me is a, it's a massive buy opportunity. Uh, if people are that far down on Saquon Barkley uh, after he is taking a very typical trajectory coming back from that it, it it's a it's a very typical timeline coming back from that acl injury uh so to push saquon barkley down that far is to me that's just that's nuts uh a quarterback here in the fourth round we got deshaun watson at 407 and Tua tongue of at 408 uh there's george kittle at 409 uh going ahead of travis kelsey thought that's uh kind of interesting uh, tight end three, Travis Kelsey's tight end four. And then we get, and by the way, Alvin Kamara here at 411. Uh, we started these well before the Pro Bowl weekend. So <laughs> let me just, let me just, uh, just clarify something here. Um, Alvin Kamara at 411 is probably not going to stand. Uh, I think we're going to see him plummet, unfortunately. All right, round five, we finally get to these rookie picks. And I'm curious if we've said any names so far. Um, let me let me just give you the entire fourth round. Antonio Gibson, Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Saquon Barkley, D.J. Moore, Austin Eckler, Deshaun Watson, Tua Tungavailoa, George Kittle with a tight end premium, Deontay Johnson, and Chris Godwin. 
all going ahead of rookie pick 101. I'm curious if we have any issues with that. And then I'm also curious if you guys uh, hear some of the players going between rookie pick 101 and 102. We've got Travis Kelsey, again, tight end premium. Um, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Josh Jacobs. Uh, Tom Brady obviously is going to get scrubbed as well. And then Ryan Tannehill, uh, all going after rookie pick 101. And I'm curious if anyone has any issues with any of that. Uh, open 24 hours points out that fourth round is freaking stacked. So, uh, you know, I had Jordan McNamara on the super show a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about trading up to get into the first round, you know, to get a second elite quarterback, to get a second, you know, especially if you were able to start with one-on-one and get Pat Mahomes, you know, trade some of your startup picks, maybe even trade some of your rookie picks to get up here into this range uh, and get a second elite quarterback. That's kind of his strategy. And, and to me, it's, it's, it's valid. It doesn't work for me. Um, and so it's not really the, the strategy that I promote, but uh, you know, I, I think that we saw this season that if you had, you know, if you had Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen in the same lineup, you didn't really need a whole lot of depth. You know, you needed to find somebody on their bye weeks, you know, and maybe you went and got somebody like Mike White or, you know, one of those, one of the backups who, who kind of came along and got a little bit of a starting opportunity. You just throw one of those guys in for the week. And then when you get those guys back from bye, you just, you know, you're, you're just rolling again. So, you know, I think that part of what scares people about doing that because it probably would take, you know, your second round pick, your third round pick, and possibly even a future a future rookie pick in order to do it. And then so you jump all the way up into the early first round, you get your two quarterbacks, you've got your two elite studs, start every week type guys. And then, but then you don't get another pick until the fourth round. Well, come look at what happens in the fourth round. Look at some of the names available and tell me, is it really that much of a priority to stick around in the second and third round when, you know, yeah, you're missing guys like Derrick Henry. You're missing Christian McCaffrey, you know, in the second round. You're missing uh, Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs in the third round. But the guys who are still there, once you get another pick, you know, we're talking Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin. That is a powerful, powerful round right there. And it makes those second and third round picks feel a little bit more expendable. That that's that would be my guess. Uh Adam Adam Baker says Kamara went eight ten in my 12 team superflex tight end premium startup. But did that just happen? I'm curious about that. Was that is that a a recent development or is that like, is it, I, I, I am, I am kind of curious where we're going to come down on Alvin Kamara. You know, w- the fact that, I mean, we don't, we don't totally know what's going to happen here. It doesn't look great, but we also know that I, I, I don't know. It, it, that's going to be a really, it's going to be a really tough one because every time we see these running backs, you know, the especially these older running backs, 
kind of run into a, a legal issue like this, like sometimes it really does just kind of, they end up just kind of blacklisted from the league, you know? So like we have to, we have to figure out how much risk are we willing to take on with Alvin Kamara? Uh, you know, are we still going to view him as somebody who's likely to play with, you know, running back one overall type upside? Um, or, you know, are, are we going to, just kind of stay away and and just be like you know what if he does play i you know more power to him i missed on that i'm okay with it <laughs> you know? but like in round eight i mean michael carter's there <laughs> that's that's interesting but you know the other guys that you're looking at rashad bateman it's a good it's a good round for wide receivers by the way but michael thomas michael Pittman, rashad bateman uh gabe davis with that uh that uh, playoff push that uh that big bump that he got after three touchdowns in the playoff uh win over the Chiefs uh or loss to the Chiefs sorry ooh ouch too soon too soon um you know Hunter Renfro's still there as far as quarterbacks Jameis Winston Carson Wentz Baker Mayfield like that does feel like if if you have any kind of tolerance for risk Alvin Kamara towards the end of that eighth round is probably just fine. I would think, uh, I, I mean, but that's putting him in a, at the value of, so that's rookie pick one Oh nine. So, uh, you said eight ten, I believe. Yeah. So it, it pick eight Oh eight in this startup ADP is rookie pick one Oh nine. So we're basically saying, at least in theory, you should be able to trade rookie pick 109 to get Alvin Kamara if you're willing to take on that type of risk. And to me, I don't know how you don't at that point. Uh, open 24 hours, I might take the 101 over Godwin uh, with the injury and 102 over Evans and Tannehill. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I, I, yeah, I mean, Godwin, we also we don't know where he's going to land. Um, even if they bring him back, who's the quarterback? Yeah, there's there's some question marks. And, you know, again, rookie pick 101 really, to me, it represents an opportunity to fix either quarterback or running back. This is This is where ADP versus value just gets thrown out because you don't actually have that problem in a startup draft. You know, in the fourth round, you don't have a hole at quarterback. You don't have a hole at wide receiver. You don't have a hole at, at running back. So, you know, the, the, just the fact that one-on-one just kind of represents a range. I think that that probably does put the value ahead of Godwin. I, I think I would agree with that. Uh, 102 over Evans, I definitely agree with. Um, I have a tough time with Tannehill, but because I'm – you know, I, I just don't know if you're going to, again, I don't know if you're going to find a starter, uh, a solid starter at 102 uh, that has the opportunity and the weapons, quite frankly, that Ryan Tannehill has. But, you know, it's very possible. Um, that's 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 probably about right. So here's one thing I will say. Our guy, Addison Hayes, he just did a, a short film here on the DLF YouTube channel. Uh, check that out after after Superflex Friday. Don't go do it right now. Let's stay here and keep keep listening 
Uh, let's keep talking ADP, but afterwards go check that out. But he was, he basically just lined up, uh, the, all the quarterbacks in ADP and said, these are the ones that I would trade rookie pick one-on-one to get. It was an exclusive list, man. I like, I didn't agree with it, but, uh, I think that it's a useful exercise for everybody to do. And I think that you, you're probably more likely to agree with him than, (laughs) than you'll agree with me. Uh, I think that, you know, some of like, for instance, Tua, Tua Tunga Vailoa, um, he, uh, he was taking, and Jalen Hurts, uh, he was taking both of those guys. He would rather have rookie pick 101. He would rather see how the cards fall with, you know, Malik Willis, uh, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett. Uh, and, and again, I think that the running backs are also in that range. So, you know, in the startup, it's entirely possible that you you take 101 with the idea that, you know, instead of Tannehill and you say, you know, I'll, I'll just take the best quarterback available at 101 and I think I'll be just fine. You know, I'll be better off with with him than Tannehill. And then you finish this startup draft and you end up with all the quarterbacks that you need. And then you get to switch 101 and say, you know, instead, I'm going to take my running back. I'm going to get my second running back. I'm going to get, you know, Brees Hall or Isaiah Spiller with that pick. So, you know, I think that that like that's the power of these rookie picks. The rookies themselves, like that's where we really kind of get trapped is is trying to put that trying to make the pick now, trying to make the pick here in February instead of waiting until the NFL draft to start to figure out, you know, who belongs at each of those draft slots, but the power of the rookie picks. And that's why I think this, this ADP is so useful is the fact that it does represent that range and it represents an opportunity to pivot it. You can, you can call it a quarterback right up until you fix your quarterback situation. And then you start calling it a running back. That's, that is extremely useful. Um, yeah. Adam said, uh, yeah, it was, uh, Kamara went eight ten just today. So the, and like I said, that kind of feels about right. Like it felt, it felt like it was going to be way too early for a guy who's going to be in, uh, just, just the legal issues. Like, I don't even want to try and guess what that's going to look like as far as, you know, time missed, but if it feels, it could be significant, you know, and, and it actually feels like that's probably the most likely scenario. But still, like you go look at the guys in that range and you're just like, yeah, this is actually this is actually a, a risk worth taking. Um, but yeah, says uh, Josh Jacobs is super underrated. Uh, got him in the sixth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Memo. What's up, my man? Superflex Super Friday's back. That's right. Um, open 24 hours. I'm with you on that. Hurts and Tua over... 101, uh, but I'd rather have Hertz and Tua over Tannehill. See, I so for me, I would rather have Tua than 101. I would rather have Tua than Hertz. Um, and I, I think I would rather have Tua than Tannehill. But you know, I think a, a big part of it is I think that he's he, he's in in kind of the best situation. Um, they get Mike McDaniel as a head coach, offensive mastermind. 
Um, you know, they've got good weapons already with Jalen Waddle and, you know, possibly Devontae Parker coming back. They've got the opportunity to, to add to that. They've got a good offensive line could be better. It's, it's a very good situation for Tua. And I, it just, it feels a little unlikely that there's going to be a quarterback that goes at one one who's who's necessarily going to be in a better situation, even with how good these landing spots could be. The problem is, you know, Matt Corral probably is going to a a quarterback needy team drafting early, like Washington, for instance. And to me, I think I would rather have, you know, Tua with the, uh, with, with the kind of the commitment that he's gotten from that franchise uh, than Matt Corral to Washington. But man, as we talk through it, as I say it out loud, I do, I, I am kind of getting closer, uh, to the idea that, yeah, maybe it's, it, he's, he's not quite as, not quite as solid, uh, of a draft pick in your startup as, uh, as it would seem. So let's get back to this though. Um, yeah, so here we are in round five, rookie picks one one and one two both go after pick one two. Uh, which goes at 508 in the startup. You get AJ Dillon, Mac Jones. Are we taking are we taking rookie pick 102 over Mac Jones? Are we taking rookie pick 102 over Zach Wilson? And then there's Amari Cooper. And now those are the guys who separate uh rookie picks 102 and 103. So I mean 102 still represents a pretty wide range of players, right? We're still looking at you know, most likely either the top quarterback or the top running back. And, you know, the, the second, either the quarterback two or the running back two. like that's still, there's still a pretty, a pretty big range there. Um, to me, man, one oh one and one Oh two almost kind of belong together. Uh, I, I don't know that there's that much of a difference between one one and one Oh two for me, but, uh, I, you know, I, I still, I still have a hard time with the idea that I, and it, I mean, Zach Wilson, like, let's just leave him out because I just talked about how Zach Wilson is a buy for me. Like to me, this shows how underrated he is right now. Uh, the fact that he's going that much later than, uh, he's going after rookie pick one Oh two, you know, the, the fact that they're going to be the idea that they're going to be two rookie quarterbacks in a better situation than Zach Wilson. Like that's, that's kind of where I struggle. You know, I, I don't know if I can get there. Uh, one Oh three. Is it, uh, the first pick of the sixth round? One Oh four. Is it the fourth pick of the sixth round? So Terry McLaurin, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, uh, separate those two picks. Um, and then after, Oh, this this is a, this is going to be a really interesting one for people. Uh, separating one hundred four and one hundred five. So to me, if when when you see these players in between these two picks, to me that means it's pick one hundred five is their value. Because you know if you would have if if you valued them the same as one hundred four, then you would have took them ahead of one hundred four. So you know some of the players with. Rookie pick 105 type value, Elijah Mitchell, Kirk Cousins, Calvin Ridley, David Montgomery, 
Elijah Moore. Man, those guys, like you'd rather have pick 104, which at that point, at least in theory, we've got both of the top two, uh, both of the top two quarterbacks are gone. Both of the top two running backs are gone. We're kind of on to the third best quarterback, most likely. And at that point, we are kind of considering Traylon Burks, keeping in mind that, you know, it, it, they're, you've got several more opportunities in a rookie draft to get a, a wide receiver who's going to score, even in a worst case scenario, going to score pretty similarly to Traylon Burks. So, you know, the fact that, that we're, you know, we would rather, we would really rather have just kind of the, the, you know, the, the choice between Kenny Pickett and Traylon Burks than Elijah Moore or Elijah Mitchell. <sighs> I don't know, man. I have, a, I have a tough time with that. I always undervalue rookie picks though. I will say that. So um, I, I, here I am just kind of, poo-pooing all these and you guys are probably like no that sounds about right to me so i just uh, to me like the the whole the value of the range of players available at each one of these picks it kind of diminishes as that range diminishes like just kind of logically you know once we get to a point where you know you're not choosing between upper echelon players anymore you're just kind of being forced to take Traylon burks because he's the best player available. You're not choosing between, you know, who's who's the guy here that makes the most sense for my roster. You're not there anymore. You know, so to me, I think it, uh, the the higher priority should really be the guy who's going to actually take up a starting job for you rather than, you know, that you just slide in and say, all right, that position is taken care of. And I feel like you do that with, certainly with Elijah Moore, probably with David Montgomery. Uh, probably with Kirk Cousins, you know, Calvin Ridley, if he comes back, I mean, if he comes back, his ADP shooting way up out of the sixth round. So, um, so that one's fair, but you know, I think that, that a lot of these guys though, these are, these guys, you just kind of, you say, all right, that's, that position is taken care of. Now I can kind of move on to, uh, you know, some, some bench depth type of guys. Whereas with the rookie pick, it's it's going to kind of force you to take a player that doesn't necessarily help you. So that it just it, it feels it feels like we're either too high on these picks or too low on these players to me. But it and actually this one might be even worse between one hundred five and one hundred six. So we're calling this one hundred six value. Devonta Smith, Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones. And then you get 106 in the seventh round with pick two. Followed by Derek Carr, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller, Jerry Judy, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Hopkins, Ezekiel Elliott, and Miles Sanders before you get to pick 107. Again, tight end premium. So Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson going after 106 where, man, I, I like how are you going to replace those guys with a tight end premium? with pick 106, you know, that that's, that's kind of the big question for me. That's my big issue with this whole thing is what are you going to do with that pick to replace the guys that you passed up 
what are you going to do with 106 to replace, you know, Derek Carr in, in a super flex? You know, how are you going to, how are you going to do that? And, and honestly, even guys like Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, I know that those are older wide receivers, but can you tell me for a fact that you're going to get a better wide receiver at rookie pick 106 than DeAndre Hopkins? You know, that, that's, that's, that's where it gets tough for me. Um, all right, I'm going to stop editorializing these a little bit because <laughs> we've kind of got a theme established here, which is that I disagree with these rookie pick values. So I'm, we're, we're just going to stick to the facts for now. But uh, if, uh, if, you have, uh, if you have any of your own thoughts, uh, feel free to, to uh, shout them out. Uh, so after Miles Sanders, seven uh, startup pick seven eleven, we've got rookie pick one oh seven. Then Brandon Ayuk and Michael Thomas. <laughs> Gonna start beating my head against the wall here in a second. One oh eight at uh, startup pick eight oh two, and then Michael Pittman, Dawson Knox, Rashad Bateman, Jameis Winston, Gabe Davis. Then pick one oh nine. Uh, which we were just talking about. Um, and so actually Kamara, we're kind of calling pick 110 range, but uh, Hunter Renfro, Carson Wentz, Michael Carter, Baker Mayfield, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, Dallas Goddard, and Hollywood Brown, and then rookie pick 110 and 111. So by the way, by now we're we're pretty solidly into wide receiver range. Like the quarterbacks are likely gone. You're going to have a little bit of, of flexibility at running back. You're going to have some guys available, but I mean, they might not even be necessarily day two guys. If they are, it's, you know, it's, it's probably like third round type guys like Kenneth Walker, Kyron Williams, you know, those are the type of guys who are going to be available uh, kind of in that in that later first round range. And I think at that point, you're probably going to be mainly targeting wide receivers. And again, the main reason for that is the wide receivers in this class, this, this wide receiver class, this, the strength of this rookie class is the wide receivers. And it's more the depth. It's not that you've got, you know, those, those game changing players like Jamar chase. You don't have that in this class. You don't have Jalen Waddle, you know, I, you might have some Devonta Smiths. You might have that type of guy in this class, but I don't think you're going to find anything close to Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson in this class. The, the strength in this class is the fact that there are so many guys who are kind of in the same tier. You know, you've got, and, and it's, it's, it seems to start with Traylon Burks, even though, I mean, he's not even my favorite. Um, I like Garrett Wilson better. I think he's more of an X wide receiver, more of a, uh, you know, kind of a, again, one of those guys that you just kind of, you, you just put him in there and let him go out there and do his thing. You don't have to manufacture touches for Garrett Wilson. He's going to go out there and win those, those targets. He's going to go out and earn those targets. Um, and there's nothing wrong with the fact that that's kind of what Jaylon, uh, Traylon Burks is kind of a, a little bit more of a gadgety, you know, super athletic, fast type of guy that you want to get the ball in his hands. It's just uh, he's he's a little bit more uh, scheme dependent, you know. 
um, a little bit more situation dependent. So uh, like, I like Garrett Wilson better for that reason. Kind of like Drake London better for that reason. Um, but you know, like regardless of which of those three guys you get, I think you're going to get very similar production. And I think there's a handful of guys that are still, you know, George Pickens and, and Chris Olave, like those are still guys who are going to be in that same conversation for you. Um, so like that, that wide receiver tier is going to start somewhere in the, you know, early mid part of the first round, depending on how far people reach for trail on Burks. And then it's going to stretch well into the second round, you know? So it, you're, you're like the idea that, that, so at that point you really are kind of talking about, you're not talking about a choice between two positions anymore. You're really talking about Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, or Chase Claypool. You're talking about those guys. Do I really, do I want one of those guys or do I want to take a shot with George Pickens? You know, 110, 111. Do I want to take a shot with Drake London or do I want to take the guy who I already know you know, what he is, what his situation is with Hollywood Brown. You know, so to me, that's that's kind of what we're doing by the time we get to 110, 111 uh, in the rookie draft, where, you know, again, earlier in the draft, it's kind of the, the, the power of those early picks is the fact that they do represent not only a range of players, but several different positions. Like you can, you can, take rookie pick 101 and say like i said earlier you can call it a quarterback uh until you don't need quarterbacks anymore and then you call it a running back you know so like i think that there's uh there's there's a power there in those earlier picks that's not going to be there by the end of the first round so uh i ended up editorializing it again but like this i i, I just feel kind of strongly about this the fact that you know, if these if these rookie picks are all overvalued, it's certainly certainly you know these later first round picks are certainly overvalued. You know, because you really kind of are a little bit shoehorned into one position at, at, uh, with those later firsts. Um, let's see. Back to what you guys were saying, though. Let's get you in the the conversation here. Open twenty four hours. Docs and Knox is going ahead of Friermuth and Goddard. Uh, love Knox, but that's surprising. Um, yeah, yeah, that is a. I mean, the the separation between them is a little bit more surprising to me. Um, a full round, almost essentially, between Goddard and Knox, Friermuth and Knox. Um, I mean, I think that there's there's a reason to take Knox before you would take those guys, just because. You know, he's tied to a young elite quarterback. Um, you know, we we know who the quarterback is, and we know that that quarterback is going to be an MVP candidate uh, virtually every year. So I think that there's some some value in that. But yeah, I kind of agree as as far as upside goes. I mean, as soon as we know quarterback situations for, for you know certainly for Fryermuth. Goddard, that's a that's a tough one too because we probably know the quarterback, but he's not he's not the most accurate passer, and that hurts a little bit. These guys still probably have more upside than Dawson Knox. I'm with you there, and so yeah, it should be a lot closer. 
uh, Knox should be a lot closer to those guys, whether it's those guys moving up or Knox dropping down a little bit. Um, but either way, rookie pick 109 should be well below those guys. I, I, sorry, I can't get away from this. These freaking picks are worth too much. Um, memo. I've traded all my 2022 rookie draft picks for 2023 rookie draft picks. Yes. Preach emoji. That is <laughs> to me, that's the move. Um, I, like this, this class is going to be, it's going to be fine for building up depth. And I mean, I think that you're going to end up with some starters at wide receiver. I I just think that you can, I mean, you can, you can find wide receivers. You can find starting quality wide receivers throughout the rookie draft. And you can also find them super cheap throughout the, the pool of veterans. So, you know, there's kind of no reason to prioritize that. As far as the quarterbacks and running backs, I mean, I think that you're probably getting one or two uh, running backs who are going to be, you know, like feature backs on their NFL offense. I think it's kind of, it's Hall and possibly Spiller. And, you know, the quarterbacks, I think you're probably getting, you know, two or three day one starters uh, and maybe another one or two with, you know, starting NFL upside, which is all we want in Superflex, by the way. That's all we want, need from those quarterbacks. But like these guys are, these guys are going to be kind of uh, developmental type guys. They're going to be, you know, not only for the NFL teams, but for our rosters. Like it's going to be hang on to them on Taxi Squad. It's going to be the, you know, the, the same program we had with Trey Lance. It's going to be, you're just kind of waiting a while to get some of these guys on the field. And then even then, I, you know, I think they're going to be replacement level for the most part. So, you know, you're going to get some depth. You're going to be able to plug some holes and, you know, reload and keep it rolling uh, with this 2022 rookie class. But in 2023, you're getting stars. You're getting league winners. And so any chance you get, especially if, if either your roster is already set or you're you've just kind of embraced a rebuild for, you know for this entire off season you're not and you know going into the season you're you've already made the determination that you're not going to try and contend in 2022 which is it it's it's a tough thing to do it's a tough thing for any of us to do uh i think this is a year to do it because yeah, I just I don't think that this 2022 class is going to be nearly as transformative as the 2023 class is. I don't think the 2022 class is going to be transformative. I don't think that there are very many superstars in this class. I think there's probably going to be, you know, one or two wide receivers who have, you know, wide receiver one overall or not not even overall, but like top 12 wide receiver type upside. I think you're going to have, you know, a feature back or two, and I think you're going to have some quality NFL starters, but I don't think you're going to have superstars like what you've got coming in in 2023. So if you're in a position to do it as hard as it is to do, in a lot of cases, I think it's going to be the best thing for your roster to punt, to, you know, trade out of 2022, like, uh, like Memo's doing here. Trade out of 2022, load up on 2023s, 
and then guide your own pick by the way to 101 if you're willing to do it uh if if you're gonna if you're gonna go to this extreme go all in on 2023 i mean to me the the only logical conclusion to that strategy is to guide your your own 2023 pick to 101 I'm not saying I'm just saying I'm not saying I, I, I'm not I'm not telling you what that means exactly. But I think that, you know, I think, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> that you want that what you need to do in 2022 within the rules of your league score as little as possible. <laughs> Get that one on one and be John Robinson or uh, or, you know, Bryce Young. Those guys are going to change the entire trajectory of your team in a way that none of these players in 2022 can. And there's a, there are a lot more than just those two players too. Like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, both of those guys we already know are significantly better than any of the quarterbacks here in 2022. You know, Bijan Robinson and Tank Bigsby and Max Borgi and like there's some, there's, there are, guys and i'm not even remembering their names right now but like they would all be you know way ahead of uh of of uh Brees hall and isaiah spiller so like if they were in the same draft class so yeah it's it's not a move that i typically make but there's just such a big discrepancy between these two classes that i think you you, you have to at least consider it um p good says dawson knox has the best quarterback situation for a long time that's uh especially for a, a tight end um a tight end or a touchdown dependent position yeah yeah very true and dawson knox ended up being one of their bigger uh, red zone threats for a team that doesn't run the ball a whole lot down around the goal line either you know josh allen looks for dawson knox once they get into the red zone quite a bit and i think there is some value to that um but yeah i, I still think that Fryermuth has more upside i think goddard probably does as well but yeah i mean just for with the information that we have at hand yeah give me dawson knox over those guys i agree let's see um memo says i feel like i'm pretty set quarterbacks Tua, Zach Wilson, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think that you probably want, I mean, at least to me, you want a little bit of depth, but uh, yeah, I mean, those are good young starters. Um, I don't think that there's any reason to necessarily uh, go out of your way to, to be involved in this 2022 uh, rookie draft. Um, with that type of roster build. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else he has. He has DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery. So wide receivers, Waddle, Elijah Mitchell, T. Higgins, D.J. Moore, tight end T.J. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. So, yeah, like this is a young, a, a good young team, a good young core of players. My only concern is that you're going to be a little too good <laughs> in uh, 2022. Um, you're going to be pretty competitive with that roster, but yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, there's kind of no reason to keep those picks and make those picks in 2022. Um, when those players are, 
those players that you would potentially take in the 2022 rookie draft with that, with that build, you know, Tua, Wilson, Stafford, Swift, Dobbins, Montgomery, and then those young wide receivers, like you take those rookies, what's their path into your lineup, you know? And that's, I, I think that that's kind of the math that memo did here. And then, and said, you know what, I'm trading my 2022 picks. I'm getting back 2023 picks where I can actually get some players who, have a chance to break into my starting lineup with those guys. Um, P good said without knowing Drake London measurables yet, uh, what y'all think of London, um, as a Brandon Marshall comp, which, yeah, I've heard that, uh, a few times. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, guys, uh, you know, people who have spent more time watching him, um, watching Drake London play than I have have made that comp. So uh, that that sounds like what we're what we're kind of going with. So I like that. Um, also says uh, so. Should I be trying to move Aaron Jones for a 2023 first? Yeah, I I think so. Um, yeah, I think you should. I mean, I, I will say if if Aaron Jones. I, you know, if you've, if, if you've got a win now roster, I think Aaron Jones probably at least somewhat fits it. There's a chance here. And we're, the problem is, man, I wish that Aaron Rodgers would just kind of make, make a move here. <laughs> it would, it'd be so helpful for us to understand what's going to happen. So we're, and we're not going to know for sure for a couple more, probably a couple more weeks here. What I will say is by March 8th, we're going to know what, Aaron Rodgers intends to do because by March 8th, the green Bay Packers have to put the franchise tag on Devonte Adams. And if Aaron Rodgers, if they have any chance of bringing Aaron Rodgers back, they're going to tag Devonte Adams. Uh, if, if Aaron Rodgers is not coming back, I don't know why you, why you spend the money on Devonte Adams too. You kind of go into rebuild mode at that point. And then from there, kind of regardless of what you've got at running back or at, at, at wide receiver and at quarterback, uh, I think that you're probably going to see them lean a little bit on the running game. I think that that means a lot more for A.J. Dillon than for Aaron Jones, but I do think that Aaron Jones can be, you know, you can you can extract the last little bit of productivity out of Aaron Jones in 2022 if you're a contender and then move on for, from him. But, you know, in, in most cases, if you've got the running back depth to do it, uh, or if you're just, you know, not going to be a, a strong contender in 2022, to me, Aaron Jones for 2023 first makes a ton of sense. I think that you're, you're very likely with any 2023 first, at least what we're seeing right now is any 2023 first is likely going to give you a, a, you know, a starter, uh, an upgrade at a starting position. So even if that ends up being the 12th pick of the first round, I still think that you're going to get somebody who's going to score similarly to Aaron Jones. Um, so yeah, to me, that's a move that you make. Um, yeah, let's get back to the ADP a little bit here and then I'll catch up with you guys some more. Um, so yeah, we're in round nine of the startup. Picks five and six were rookie picks 10 and 11. Then you had Noah Fant, 
Darnell Mooney. Uh, I'm surprised he's going later. Like he's Twitter darling, you know? So I'm surprised he's going after uh, rookie picks 10 and 11, 110 and 111. Um, Amon Amon Ross St. Brown is down here too in the ninth round. Like both of those guys, I've got to think that they're going to shoot up an ADP at some point. Those guys are going to go much, much earlier than this ninth round ADP. And they're certainly going to go ahead of these, these late first round rookie picks, you know, because I I, I don't know. I've kind of beat that one to death, but I'll just long and short of it is, I don't know how you're going to replace for a fact, you know, slam dunk replace Darnell Mooney with pick one eleven. You've got a chance to, you're definitely going to be taking a wide receiver at one eleven. And they'll have a chance to be better than Darnell Mooney. But, I mean, hell, they might even be on. <laughs> they might even get drafted by the Bears. And, and and then you get to see firsthand, is it that rookie or is it Darnell Mooney? Who's who's the who's the alpha in that offense? Uh, so, anyways, uh, let's see. Pick nine of the ninth round is Odell Beckham Jr. We got Juju, Brandon Cook, Samon Ra. Then Daniel Jones kicks off round 10. And uh, man, these quarterbacks are just, we're, we've almost run out of quarterbacks at this point by the 10th round. So this is, this is a big reason for quarterback extreme, by the way. It's not about getting those elite guys early. It's the fact that by the 10th round, I mean, we're looking at Daniel Jones, Jordan Love, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan. Those are some decent names. You know, I would have no problem taking one of those guys into the season, but it's going to be so much easier to get, you know, to get to the five quarterbacks if I start early so that I'm not forced to take Daniel Jones here in the 10th round, you know, when I finally get here, especially when, uh, so after Daniel Jones, we've got Kareem Hunt, we've got Cortland Sutton, then his pick, uh, rookie pick 112, round out the first round. Jordan Love, Rondale Moore, Leonard Fournette, Mike Jasicki with that tight end premium, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz with a premium, Cordero Patterson, Ramondre Stevenson. 11th round starts with Tyler Lockett and Devin Singletary before the first two, uh, first second round pick goes. So, like all those guys that I could be taking, including the rookie picks, to be honest, it's, it's not that I think, uh, you know, 112 is necessarily worth more than Daniel Jones. In fact, I I don't believe that. I think any NFL starter should be worth a first round pick. So, you know, Daniel Jones, like that should be the absolute minimum value for a young starting quarterback. But, you know, it, it so it's not that I think uh you know, rookie pick 112 is worth more than Daniel Jones. But what I do know is I would rather have my quarterbacks already taken care of, be able to take 112, take, a, you know, whatever wide receiver is going to be there and know that I'm probably going to get a better, you know, I'm going to get more production out of that wide receiver uh, than I would if I had to wait another round, um, you know, because I had to take Daniel Jones to fill the quarterback position. So 
anyways, uh, yeah, 112 in, here in the 10th round, and then we go a long ways. And this, to me, again, this does not really represent what's it, what this rookie class really is going to look like. The fact that it's almost a full round from 112 to 201, and the reality is it's going to be two players in the same tier. It's just the fact that that, you know, that number, that first number changes from one to two. And that's kind of what throws people off sometimes. But, you know, it, you're still going to get a very similar, almost identical player at 201 as you would the 112. So those, to me, those picks should be right next to each other. Tyler Lockett at 1101. Uh, that disgusts me. <laughs> Tyler Lockett should be going so much higher than that. Um, and I mean, I think people are probably mostly worried about the quarterback situation. What's that going to look like? Is it going to be Russell Wilson or are we going into rebuild mode here? But uh, yeah, to me, Tyler Lockett belongs so much higher, um, both relative to the rookie picks uh, I certainly would not put rookie pick 201 value on Tyler Lockett. I would, to me, he's more like a mid first. Um, and then it also relative to just this entire startup, I think he belongs significantly higher than a lot of these guys, but whatever. <laughs> just getting bitter about this at this point. Just getting, yeah, this is just, this. this is, like I said, there's just kind of a theme here. Um, all right, 201 in the 11th round. And then we got James Robinson. Um, and that's, that's well after the injury. Uh, like I said, we ran these starting in mid late January. So, you know, the, the regular season was over when these mock drafts started. So everybody was well aware of the James Robinson injury and what that likely means. And so they're kind of saying that his, you know, he's worth the risk right around rookie pick 201, 202. They would still trade those picks for him. Uh, they would still take him in round 11 of a startup. Um, normally I, I tend to favor uh, the established backs especially you know because we we've got information on them we know what we're getting but to me the information on james robinson should be should be enough to kind of push us off of him um so i'm surprised he's still going in the 11th round but uh i you know if if you again if you know it depends on your tolerance for risk and for some people that's a that's a pick worth making um you know rather than uh, getting a guy that you know is going to be a backup like Darrell Henderson. Let's just take James Robinson with a chance to start, even though it's very unlikely. You're certainly not getting anything out of him anytime soon. <laughs> uh, you know, so, but, but, you know, still rather get that upside, I suppose. Uh, Mike Williams goes at 1106, Allen Robinson, Kadarius Tony, Damian Harris. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Adam Thielen, Jared Goff. Man, there's a lot of value here late in the 11th round. Um, and then into the 12th round, Tyler Boyd, Matt Ryan, Kenny Galladay. And we're, we get to rookie pick 202, which is still going to be probably in that same range as pick 201, 
you know, 112, 111, 110. I think those are all going to be very similar players. You know, the only difference is you're going to have a little bit more of a choice between them. You're going to get to say, you know, this is my favorite player out of this group. This is my favorite player out of this tier. But the reality is here at 202, I think you're still getting a very similar player. Uh, so we're in the 12th round. Chase Edmonds, Jacoby Myers, James Connor, Davis Mills, uh, Robert Woods, Alexander Madison, Van Jefferson, Rashad Penny. And then here in the 13th round, we get uh, rookie pick 203, which is also still likely to be in that same tier. Hard to say for sure, but it uh, it, it feels like he's going to be uh, he's, he's probably going to be in that, uh, that's going to be in that same tier as well. Uh, Kyle Bannon's here and he says Lockett always gets shit on. <laughs> I can't even get first for him in any league. I know. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. Like, um, in the, you know, in the past, it kind of made some sense. He dealt with a lot of injuries and then there was some consistency stuff, even as, as recent as 2020, you know? There were, he, it felt like he was very consistent, inconsistent. He had some, some monster games where he's scoring multiple touchdowns and long touchdowns and then just kind of disappears for a couple weeks. But it, man, didn't all that just go away completely here in 2021? Like when he was healthy, when he was on the field, it felt like he was just as bankable as, you know, pretty much anybody else. And, you know, kind of the, the the fallout ended up being on uh, on DK Metcalf having a little bit of a down season, but you know we got consistency out of Tyler Lockett, and that was the only thing that we had ever asked for that we weren't getting. So it's kind of surprising to me that uh, uh, that he's still not getting the the respect that he deserves. I'm with you on that one. Um, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock through these a little bit faster. This has to be boring. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it is. I To me, this is it's always interesting to look at ADP and to kind of find some of the, you know, some of the, the, some of the flaws, some of the inefficiencies, some of the overcorrections and undercorrections. Tyler Lockett apparently is uh, way too cheap right now. Um it's always interesting for me to kind of break that stuff down, but uh, it's got to be dry. Just like making me pronounce every one of these player names and making sure I can do it. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you, uh, so rookie pick two Oh three goes here in the uh, first pick of the 13th round rookie pick two Oh four, uh, goes at the ninth pick of the 13th round, right in between Boston Scott and miles Gaskin, uh, rookie pick two Oh five, at fourteen oh two, in between Nico Collins and Irv Smith Jr., uh, rookie pick two oh six, at fourteen ten, that's between Trey Sermon and Rob Gronkowski. Two oh seven is at fifteen oh four between Cole Komet. Wow, Cole Komet is worth like a mid late second round pick with a tight end premium, and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, two oh eight here in the 15th round 209 is here in the 15th round at uh fifteen twelve. um guys going in that range sony michelle zach Ertz, tyler higby kyle trask um and i don't i don't recall i don't think that tom brady had announced his retirement so i think that you might see kyle trask go a little bit higher now 
Uh, I mean, we saw Jordan Love up in what was it, like the 11th, 12th round, whatever. So, you know, that one, people are pretty certain Aaron Rodgers won't be back. And kind of saying, you know, I'll take a shot here on Jordan Love and, you know, the possibility that he gets an uncontested starting job. Well, it seems like uh, we're, we were already kind of taking a risk here on Kyle Trask early in the 16th round, you know, in mid-late second round rookie pick value. Uh, he's probably going to jump up even more just on the idea that right now, right this moment, and it's February, it's a long, we've got a lot, a, a, you know, a lot to, a lot to learn over the next few months, but right at this moment, Kyle Trask is a starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, you know, I think you're going to see his ADP jump up quite a bit as well. Uh, 210 is here in the 16th round. 211 is here in the 16th round. Um, guys in that range, Diami Brown, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Donta Foreman. Man, that Donta Foreman is going to be one of my favorite deep sleepers. Uh, he and he kind of makes more sense. He's a free agent. He kind of makes more sense in Tennessee. Like he's just kind of a continuation of what they already do with Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, just beat people down, just bludgeon them with the running game. So uh yeah, it's a 16th round. That feels that that's probably a little late for me. And especially 211, like who are the running backs available at 211 of the rookie draft and what kind of opportunity do they have? You know, uh, Evan Ingram is right there too. Uh, 212 goes in the 17th round. It pick uh, 1705, right around Zach Moss, Mike Davis, Marquez Calloway, uh, Johnu Smith. And then uh, we only had a few more rookie picks taken. 301 went in the 18th round. 302 went in the 20th round. This is actually two 20-round mocks, um, but so we ended up with uh, ADP into the 22nd round. We've got 303 in the 21st round, uh, 304, and 305 in round 22. So there's, you know, that's kind of the ADP. That's what it looks like where these rookie picks are going uh, in a startup, in a super flex startup for better or for worse. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of where they're at. Um, and I, I mean, I guess it just kind of gives you an idea. Like if you were going to do a super flex startup right now, you know, I think, uh, I think that kind of gives you an idea of where you want to take those rookie picks and I, and from there, you can really kind of strategize of how you're going to use them. If you're going to take them, how are you going to use them? And like I said, I mean, it, it, a, a big part of it is kind of looking at rookie ADP, looking at mock drafts, rookie mock drafts, and saying, you know, who are the guys who are likely going to be there available for me with that pick? And is the choice between these, you know, two or three players worth more than some of these veterans who are available in the same range? And if the answer is yes, you know, then prioritize that rookie pick. I, I think that there's value in doing that. I think that we overvalue them, but I think that, you know, there, there is an opportunity to use those rookie picks uh, in a way that, you know, sometimes it can make more sense than actually taking a veteran player 
take a rookie pick and take that range, you know, and be able to make that, that decision later. So anyways, there's that ADP. The next one I'm going to do. So I I've, I've got a, just a normal round of ADP mocks coming up uh, here in the next couple weeks, just waiting on that uh, MFL rollover. Uh, once they, once they roll everything over to the 2022 season and 22 uh, calendar year, then we can kick off some super flex ADP mocks. And that one's just going to form the ADP that you find at dynastyleaguefootball.com. Like I said, it's just, uh, to me, it's the best in the industry. Um, and, and, you know, it's because we've got, you know, so many of you are super friends uh, getting involved, very, very seasoned um, super flex players creating this ADP. We don't have a bunch of outliers. We don't have people taking, you know, Jamar Chase and, and Jonathan Taylor first overall in a super flex league, because, you know, we just know better. We know, but as, as fun as those guys are, uh, as much swag as you get out of having those guys on your roster, we still know that in a super flex league, they don't give you anywhere near the advantage that Pat Mahomes gives you. So, that's what makes that ADP so great. I would love to have you guys jump in and uh, join me for those. Um, and then after that, once we get those going and and close to wrapped up, the next one I, I'm going to do, we're still going to include uh, 2022 rookie picks um, to get those uh, get that ADP. Uh, but I'm also going to include some 2022 Devi picks. This is where we get to find out. This is where we really get it. So I did a I did a series of mock drafts uh, for some ADP last month, and I I wrote an article. You can find it at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. I think you have to search for me, uh, John Hogue, um, at Superflex Dude. <laughs> you can find that stuff though at uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. I did a full write up, but those those mock drafts it was I included the specific 2022 first. Uh, because that's what would be in a startup right now. And then I threw in random 2023 first, uh, 20, random 2023 picks as well. And what I kind of found was those 2023 picks weren't valued quite as high as we would expect because it's random. It's not 101. You don't know for sure that you're taking 101. There's no way to know that right now, right? It's we have to play out the 2022 uh, 2022 season to get the draft order for 2023. And then we know whose pick it is that we're getting and where does that pick fall? You know, so we're a year away from knowing that stuff, uh, unfortunately. And I was really trying to see like how people value 2023 versus 2022, but it was just kind of the wrong way to go about it. And people ended up preferring 2022 picks just to know, you know, where that pick is going to be where, even where I still contend, you know, I think that you'll probably get, you'll probably get a good starter out of, you know, the first three or four picks and then probably one or two of the wide receivers in this 2022 class. This is mainly going to be for depth though. 2023 I think you're probably going to get a better player with the last pick of the first round in 2023 than the, call it the sixth pick of uh, 2022. 
of the first round. So, uh, you know, I was, I was really trying to figure that out, but what, what ended up happening is, you know, people just really kind of wanted to know where their pick was going to be. And, uh, I think it kind of devalued the 2023 picks. So this is how we're really going to figure this out. This is how we're going to measure these two classes against each other. So if you're doing a startup right now and it includes rookie picks, and then it also includes Devi picks because you're going to do a Devi draft, you know, a two round Devi draft uh, here, you know, in the next few months. Would you rather have Devi pick 101 and a chance to take, you know, Bijan Robinson or Bryce Young? Or would you rather have rookie pick 101 with the opportunity to take a player who's not going to be a superstar, but who's going to help you? right now who's going to help you in 2022 it's going to be super interesting i think uh i'm i'm really looking forward to that one and that's another one i'd love to have y'all jump in on just uh follow me on twitter as superflex dude and uh you know check out just just keep up with the timeline uh i'll announce those mock drafts when we're ready to get them rolling and uh um yeah help me uh help me build the adp and help me break it down here on Superflex Super Friday and on the Superflex Super Show. So it looks like that's all we've got for now. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up uh, as I do. Uh, you know, thank you all for listening. Thank you for showing up. So great to be back here with you guys. Thank you to DLF for the platform and uh, over to the Superflex Super Show. Uh, follow us on twitter at superflex show at superflex dude thank you to dlf for the platform thank you to deal to heart and soul radio for the music and above all else thank you for listening and until next week stay sexy and super flexy yeah, 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 yeah.